0: Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, today's episode, we got my man, Quanre Diggs, Pro Bowl safety, Seattle Seahawks, and you know he's a Texas boy, so I got to ride with all my guys from the Lone Star State. QD, what's going on, man?
1: Man, chilling, bro, just enjoying this offseason. You know what it is. Hey,
0: already. And man, much, much deserve another Pro Bowl season for you. And I'm going to go ahead and just start right there. First game of the season, Jamal Adams gets hurt. Right. Y'all got guys to go fill in for him. You got Kobe Bryant. You got rookie Pro Bowl corner, Tariq Woolen. You got so many guys that have filled in, come in as rookies and play well what the hell do y'all got going on out there in Seattle where you just got guys coming in, flying off the draft board, and y'all still going to the playoffs?
1: Um, anytime you lose a all-pro, pro-bowl safety in Jamal, you know, people got to step up. It wasn't just the Rooks that step up. You know, we had a big year um, by mm-hmm. Ryan Neal, um, our safety that came in and played, and, you know, he actually got a lot of all-pro votes. And, um, I think it's just the way that things are taught that goes to great coaching. Um, it goes to great, you know, coaching, culture, you know, leadership. But it also, you got to give credit to the guys that were just ready to play when that time was ready, to, when that time came.
0: You know, man, like, for one, you know, I love watching you play. Big fan of yours. And especially, you know, even your fam, yeah, yo, Quinn Jammer, way back in the gap. So I've always been interested in, 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 in getting people's take on this. You were a mid-round draft pick obviously Detroit Lions, now Seattle Seahawks, and you've been one of the best in the league ever since that trade. So you tell me, in your opinion, which would you say produces more success, adversity and having to come through and fight through the fire or the guys who get the bouquets of flowers thrown at them? They're always being complimented and being praised from the very beginning.
1: I mean, it's tough. You know I mean? That's one of those ones is no really right or wrong answer, I think. You know, I think um, you can get it either way. You know, even the guys that first round draft picks—I mean, they've got it out the mud. You know, they probably got it out the mud early in their life and had to go through different things where you know certain people didn't have to. And um, you know, in my aspect, six round draft pick, of course, you know um, adversity—you know, not knowing if you're going to be on the team—I think that all builds character and you mm-hmm. know, let you know what the business is. I think. You know, when you're a late round draft pick, you learn the business a little bit earlier than guys that's, you know, first second round draft picks because they know they're going to be there. You know, straight what I mean? up, they know that they got the million mm-hmm. dollar signing bonuses and things like that. And you know, you got six seven round guys, fifth six seven round guys. Ain't nothing guaranteed for us, really. You know, uh, you just go out there, you just m- try to make it happen. But it also puts that chip on your shoulder where um, you also want the the accolades and you know, you want the flowers, you want the bouquets that, you know, that those first round, second round pick guys getting. so it just gives you a a goal or obstacle to reach out to and try to grab, so I think that's kind of what I always took out of it, of, you know, never being jealous or never doing any of that, but also knowing that I'm competitive as heck, and, you know, I want to be at the same level with those guys, and I want to be better, so I think for me, it's always uh, that, it's it's always kind of the adversity thing, for sure, because I was six-rounder, but you know, I know a lot of first, second-round guys that they went through some and tribulations, too, to get to the where they were.
0: For real. i I've always loved the way that you play this game because I feel like you have fun while you're doing it. And right. I remember a certain play, and I know you know which one I'm talking about, this past season where you pick the ball off and just like prime time, like you holding it up on the sideline as you returning it. Right. So – Tell me this, man. At what point, what play, what game, what season was it when the light just clicked on? Like, not only am I good, I'm like top shelf, one of the best. And now I'm literally out here just playing with that quarterback out there in my free safety position on, uh, on the roof.
1: I'll say this. It's two different moments in my career uh, where I knew, where like, yo, like, I'm, I'm I'm pretty, pretty good. You know, uh, it was my third year in the league, coming off a peck, had told my peck. Remember, they had drafted Jamal Agnew to play nickel. They had drafted T's table to play corner. They had bought DJ Hayden in on a one-year $5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, it was like they come to replace me. And that's what I felt. That's how I took it. My coaches knew how I took it also. And I just remember winning that job, you know, winning that job that year. And playing nickel. in first game we played against Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, legend mm-hmm. uh, it's, Fitz. lines up in a slot, I'm a nickel. So I know it's going to be me and Fitz. So this is going to be my eye to show like, hey, y'all yeah, make the yeah. right choice. And I proved myself right, that I deserve this. And went out there, had three pass breakups. Uh, I, I think Fitz probably had like one catch on me. And it was just like, for me, it was like, bro, you can play in this league at a high level. You just got to be locked in. You know what I mean? Because that was kind of my problem. Like, Not always locked in my first couple years. Because, you know, everything is just like, I'm in the league. But I'm yep. it's like, hey, you know, I got <laughs> I'm got. i doing it. You know what I mean? And that third year is really why I took that leap. But like, bro, I'm going I'm to go and I'm going to go get it. You know what I mean? And I just remember that. And then it was actually the same year where, like, I knew, like, I got moved to safety at the end of the year. And it was four games left in the season. The coaches were like, hey, we want to put you at safety out, other safety out for the season. Like, let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. We want to put our best 11 on the field. Just remember going out there and I'm lined up next to Global Quinn, who's like, that's my freaking yeah. guy. GQ.
0: I'm, like, I'm
1: lined up next to GQ and I'm and I'm like, dang, like, I'm at safety this week. We playing Baltimore. Go out there and I have a pretty good game. I give up like one catch. Had like a pass breakup and some good tackle, like good open field tackle. You know, you coming from nickel, that's totally different. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next week, next week I got my first pick off Jameis. And I just remember telling my coaches, like, I ain't never going back to nickel. Like I can do this, I can do this at the high at a high level. And from now on, I had three picks, I had three picks and three straight games. I had like a forced fumble, fumble recovery, a sack, all that safety. And it's just like, hey, I can do this at a high level. And I was doing it for a high level in Detroit and got traded to Seattle. And it just kind of took off because, I mean, I go to a bigger market. You go to a winning team. Mm-hmm. Place was known for big-time safety plays, So you get a little bit more recognition. And um, those kind of things happen. It just take off from there. and um, I think I've been in Seattle three and a half years. and. You know, what I mean, three years straight, I've been a pro bowler. Even that half year, I was an alternate, and mm-hmm. I only played like 10 games. So, um, for me, you know, it's just kind of just keep pushing. You know, what I mean, I've been at safety, what, five years now? And, I mean, three, four of those years, five of those years, I've been an alternate for the pro bowl or a pro bowl player. So, for me, you know, I do it. I could do it at a high level, and that's kind of when it clicked for me.
0: Man, playing safety is different from playing corner, obviously. You're both DBs, but it's different. Because it's safety, you got to play with that reckless abandon, which is something that you play with uh, all the time. And I want to go ahead and switch gears to January 3rd. And back to the DeMar Hamlin injury. And now that he's making uh, what looks like a full recovery, now it's able to go ahead and be able to reflect on that. For you as a safety, a fellow safety, seeing that, hearing that, seeing all the videos, things like that, is that something that would modify or make you change any version of how you play knowing that that still is a very real possibility that even for me as a corner, I never even really knew that that sort of thing could happen to you on the football field. So is that something that in any way you could see that modifying how you play this game?
1: Um it's easy to say no. Easy to say no, you know, I knew what coming with this game, but but it's 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 realistic. You know what I mean? Like you always say you go out there, you know, you know, you put your body online, you never know what can happen. It's easy to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh but you always think of those things in the back of your head. I mean, from the DeMar Hamlin situation, you know, that was crazy. I was watching the game. I'm literally yeah. watching the game. See him down. I changed the channel and put it on the Lakers because I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, he's injured. I turn it back and that's still going on. I'm just like, dang. And, you know, that happened on what? A Monday?
0: Or yeah, Monday Night Monday, Football.
1: Monday. Yeah, Monday Night Football. The whole world watching. And You got to go back out there and play on Saturday, Sunday. You know what I mean? So, of course, you think about those situations you never want them to happen. And, of course, like, you think, like, I'm not going to switch my game up, but you always got to just have that in the back of your head where, like, yeah, you know, I got to protect myself sometimes. And, you know, that even happened with me when I broke my leg last year and dislocated my ankle, you know, the other year. Like, you always just try to keep that kind of position that you broke it or, you know what I mean, any way you try to stay out of that position as much as you can because, you know, your your mind is all muscle memory. You know what I mean? Like, your body remembers the trauma from all that. It, it's hard to change that in your brain when you're just out there playing. But um, I think it would definitely, you know, it could definitely switch up some things, but don't get me wrong. Next year I'm I'm going to be out there flying around mm. and doing what I do because, you know, I'll be a year off my injury. You know, the other stuff will kind of be in the back of my head. I'll just be back out there playing again. That's what I look forward to.
0: Mm. So let me ask this for a lot of, players whether it's current former you know we've all had to go through those trials those tribulations as players whether it is college whether it is the draft pro day all of that trying to get to that second contract and seeing guys like you just said have that season-ending injury with your broken leg or seeing other guys with a separated shoulder and things like that so what advice would you give to kids and I say that because a lot of guys they wouldn't want their kids to grow up playing football. They wouldn't give the advice to uh to our youth about playing this game. So thinking about it from that standpoint, what advice would you give young kids?
1: I mean, if you love it, pursue it. You know, I mean, if you really truly have the love for it, then pursue it. If not, you know, don't go into nothing, you know, half-assing. You know, what I mean, if you if you really believe this you want to do, this what you want your career to be, then do that. Lock into that. Uh, follow your dream, chase your dreams, but um, just know what comes with it. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's a lot of guys, bro, that's played the game, and I mean, you've had some injuries, but they've never really been hurt. You know what I mean? It's, you know, a lot of guys walk around this thing and, you know, go 10 years without having a major injury, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's injuries, you know, I mean, it's it's different things you have, but, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know what I mean? Would my ankle ever be the same? Nah, but I mean, if I didn't pursue this, then maybe my life would be the same. And um I'd rather have honestly, well, I'd rather have legs and leg like a uh, a broken leg or something than have a concussion or something like that. So for me, you know, that's small blessings that you take that, you know, my bones gonna heal. You know, what I mean all those ligaments gonna heal. But um, you know, what I mean, it's just the the love factor for me, I love it and it's what I want to pursue. So um, if you love the game, you want to play the game, you always grew up wanting to do this and, you know, go ahead and do it.
0: You know, <clears throat> a lot of people ask me, like, if I had to do all over again, things like that. And for me, I tore my meniscus, had, you know, cartilage removed, scoped all that. That was probably the, the most serious injury I ever had. And just kind of like what you just said, you know, for a lot of us, coming from where we come from, we don't necessarily come from the most affluent backgrounds. So for us, a lot of us, this is our only way out. This is our only way to make some of ourselves. And, you know, with the injuries, I always tell people for a lot of players, the uh, the reward outweighs the risk. Yeah. And obviously you can get hurt in this game. There's no doubt about that. But being able to put your family, your immediate family, you know, your your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, grandparents, all of them, to be able to put them in a better situation than they previously were in, to me, that's what outweighs the risk. Yeah. And for a lot of players, that's how a lot of them see it. So go ahead and uh, you give me uh, your take on that. Put it
1: on your shoulders. I mean, I, I want it on my shoulders, you know what I mean? If- if I'm the, the lifeline, which I haven't had to be, you know, my brother was there too. So mm-hmm. if I'm the lifeline, I'm the one that got to take the risk and, you know, put it on my shoulders. I handle it. It's the same way. I play the game. You know what I mean? I tell coaches all the time, the hard job, put it on me. I'll take it. You know what I mean? If I got to go, you know, and do this and, and do that, I'll do that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. That's how I've always been built. Um, but you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Most people, if you really built for it, you want those pressures. You want mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean, It's stressful. It's a lot. But I ain't going to wake up complaining every day. I'm going to go get it done. You know what I mean? But that's what I seen my mom do growing up. You know, like, seeing my mom going to work every day, come home, help me with my homework, cook, clean, do the same thing over and over again. You know what I mean? I seen my dad do it. You know, go drive a truck all day, get back, ride his horse, come home, throw the football with me. Go back do the same thing so for me i never seen them complain about any of that they just did it they took it on the head and i kind of that's what i that's how i am with my daughter you know i can go to work all day i can be dead tired but when i get home i'm gonna try to give her as much attention as i can and you know um that's just kind of how i am with my family too uh my mom my dad my brothers my my fiance my nephews they know at the end of the day you know i, I i'm gonna go do the work you know what i mean just you guys don't mess me over you guys do what you guys are supposed to do, and I'll handle the rest.
0: I like it. I like it. Q, obviously, like you said, put it all on your shoulders. And I love your confidence, but one thing I've always learned about you, you're pretty modest. Like, you're not boastful. You're not You're not braggadocious. But I got to go ahead and put you on the spot on this one. I'm going a, I'm to a rattle off some names, and then you tell me where you fall within them. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna start off with Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, Earl Thomas, yeah. Nathan Vasher, Kenny Vaccaro, and I could go all the way down the list, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stop with those five. Yeah. UT, better known as DBU, over the years, got a rich safety tradition. You tell me right now where you rank amongst those guys.
1: We talk of college and we talk of league.
0: Yeah, uh, shit, it don't matter. Like whichever one, whichever one you want to call it.
1: I mean, if we put it all together—college, NFL—I mean, when we look at it. I mean, ET. I mean, ET's at the top for me. As for me, yeah, that's, that's 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 big bro. That's really like who I emulated my game when I moved to safety. You
0: Straight up, I mean? for real, for real.
1: And then after that, you said Mike G, you said Huff, Kenny. Who else you mentioned in there?
0: Uh, and Vasher. Vasher. He was All-American in UT. This yeah. is back in like this back in my era, bro. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> were my brother.
0: You know what I mean? So I know mm-hmm.
1: that. I mean, we're going to go off college and league. I mean, I had a really, really dang good college career, too. And in, in the league, I'm still pushing. You know what I mean? I think I passed Huff in Pro Bowls. Um Pass Kenny in Pro Bowls. I think Mike G might have two or three. So Mike G's out there. I think I passed Nate in Pro Bowls. I mean, for me, I me personally, I had to put myself behind Earl. That's just I like it. And it's I and like it, it. it. You know what I mean? That's that's the competitor in me, but I mean, for me, if I play another three years, you know, I mean, I'm gonna be I feel like I'm gonna be right up there with Earl. hmm I agree. So for me, it's just like I I have done it. You know, what I mean, I watched those guys growing up. I played with Kenny. So for me, it's like they wanted me to be better than them. That's always what it was. I used to work out with Mike G every day. And Mike G whole goal is like, bro, you're gonna be a safety and I want you to be better than me. So that's mm-hmm. how I want you to work. Bro. You know what really? I mean? So me, yeah, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not me bragging, it's not me both, it's just what I've done in the league. You know what I mean? I feel like I got so much more to accomplish, but I feel like at this rate that I'm going, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, you know what I mean? It's going to be real special,
0: man. i love to hear that, bro. Just because I think that, uh, uh you you're on your way, you are on that path to be get to getting that gold jacket. And I loved, I love how you just worded that because that's why I ask you because, Hey, that's exactly where I put you at. And yeah. I think that, like you just said, you know, one or two or, you know, whatever, however many more you're going to get, because I know it's going to be a lot, you're going to be right there on that path headed to Canton, man. Oh,
1: yeah. You know what's crazy for me? The Hall of Fame ain't even my goal, honestly. Like, all that, you know wow, I mean? You want
0: You want that hardware. You, you yeah, want that jewelry. You know, I,
1: I, I want the ring. I want the all pros. I want to be the all-decade teams. Like, the all pro that's cool. I mean, not the all pro, the Hall of Fame that's cool, but – it's also a lot of politics in the league. So for yep. me, it's like, for me being a six round draft pick and being able to go and, you know, the all pros, the Pro Bowls, the, the the Super Bowl rings, like that's what I look forward to. I ain't never in my mind dreamed of being a Hall of Famer. Like I ain't never, I always felt like if I'm the best in the game when I play, then all the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. And, um, I feel like for the last four years, I mean, you put my numbers up against anybody and and they right there. It's either better or it's one person above me. And that's it. That's how I look at it.
0: Hey, I ain't arguing with you, man. You right up there. (laughs) So speaking of Super Bowl rings, there's a certain player that departed your organization about a year ago. I'm just going to come out and ask what the hell happened with the whole Russ situation and everything that you see coming out now in the media, the news, all this, that, and the other.
1: I mean, I think it was just the best for both parties. You know what I mean? I think Russ wanted change and Seattle wanted to change. You know what I mean? And it's, it's funny to me that all this stuff continues to come out because at the end of the day, it's over, it's done with it's water under the bridge. You know what I mean? Um, we're happy with what we did this year and Russ is happy in, in, in Denver. You know what I mean? So, um, we were able to, you know, not even rebuild. We were able to reload, just go mm-hmm. uh um, some guys, get Gino, um, get Geno in and, and play ball and and make it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? When nobody expected us to do that. So we did our part. And for Rush, you know, he wanted he got the change and um he was able to go to a new team and he's the leader over there and he got a big contract over there. And um, I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. So um I just think at the end of the day it's it's to me it's all messy situation and it's all he say, she say, but at the end of the day, I have nothing but love for Russ. And of course I'm still with Seattle and, you know, I I hated when he left because you never want to, to me, in my eyes, you know, uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, a hall of famer in my eyes. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, you know, it sucked, but, you know, we moved on.
0: All right, Q. I got one last question for you. I feel like I already know what answer you're going to give. But I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyways. So uh, you were recently at a game. The Mavericks were playing a certain team. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and ask you this. Who was the best basketball player ever? And why?
1: Ron James.
0: <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> okay, now tell me why.
1: I mean, for me, I mean, the argument, I mean, everybody's going to say, oh, well, he played longer than MJ, blah, blah, but. Um, I think for me, it's it's on it's on the court and it's off the court for me. You know what I mean? It's the stuff he's done on the court. You know what I mean? You can name it. You know everything he's done on the court, you can name it. But for me, I think like off the court. You know what I mean? the The way he's handled with opening the school. You know the way he handles his family. He's never been in trouble. He's been a chosen. one. These guys hyped LeBron up since he was sixteen. He's exceeded those expectations. True, and nobody ever had to deal with that. Nobody ever had to deal with the expectations that he's had, uh, the way he's handled himself, the things he's done for the community, uh, along with the encore accolades. With you know, he's the he's the leading score of all time. You know, what I mean, he's he's top five in assists. He's going to be top ten in the steals when he retires. He's probably going to be top twenty in rebounds. I mean, you name all this stuff, and it's just like, well, the numbers. Only matter for certain people. I guess they don't matter for Braun. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> he got four titles. You know what I mean. You 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 say you know you go put everybody else numbers. Everybody say he's not clutch, but then when you look at these clutch numbers, he's at either first or second in all the clutch yeah. numbers. So for me, it's just like all the narratives that the people try to create. He's he's beat him. You know what I mean. He's withstood that. He's done it year twenty, still doing it at a high level. And to me, it looked like he could play another. Three to five years, if he wants to. I mean, you watched the game yesterday. Do have yep. messed up ankle. He was like, "All right, bet I can't. I ain't got my mobility. I ain't explosive as I can be right now." Well, you know what? I'm gonna just take it to the post. Get busy in the post. And when they double me out the post, I'm gonna make the right pass. It's just like for me, he's the most all around basketball player. That's what it is. I mean, you can score. Braun told y'all guys, told everybody ten years ago, if I wanted to lead the league in scoring. I can do that. Oh, yeah, I
0: remember that. Mm-hmm.
1: I, mean, I can do that with ease if I really wanted to, but that ain't what I want to do. You know what I mean? So he could have broke this record for me. He probably could have broke this record a year or two ago if he really wanted to early in his career and just wanted to score. But that's never been his game, and he's not a scorer, but he's a leader scorer of all the time. So for me, that's that's the argument for me.
0: Man, and I can't even argue with what you're saying because yeah, like I think when you break down everything totality on the field, off the field. I'm sorry, on the court, off the court. Man, it's really, really hard to argue against it, man. It really is.
1: I used to be all MJ. No lie, I used to be all MJ. It was just like, braun has been my favorite player since probably like 2010. Probably like 2000. No, probably like 2008. Mm -hmm. And like, I never would call him to go, never would call him to go and then, when he went to Miami, started winning titles, and then he left Miami, went back to Cleveland. Once he won that title in Cleveland, it was just like, he yeah, don't <laughs> care. Coming three. back
0: three, one, yeah, down one, three. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what I mean, you playing against he playing against the monsters out there. Him and Kyrie just they they flip a switch and they go win three in a row and win a championship against a team now that, that what then they have they had the best record ever. You know what I mean? Uh so,
0: yeah, 72 and nine, something like that. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. You know what I mean? So like when he did that, I'm like, oh yeah, he the go. And I remember exactly when it was. I remember the date I was at back at home I was throwing my mom a her 60th birthday party and the game was on. And my cousins be hating on LeBron and we watch the game and I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean I, that's my argument for sure.
0: Mm man I, I definitely can't argue with it my man hey q man love having you on appreciate it like always my man we definitely gotta do this again uh i'm one of your biggest fans and man keep doing what you're doing keep representing the state of texas at that safety position everything for the seahawks man always always much love
1: yes sir appreciate you thank you for having me my guy
0: always but we took it all we brought them to our land